Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. We are back for episode 17. I can't even believe that. It's just flying by. I feel like I just started yesterday, but we are on episode 17, so I didn't just start yesterday. Today, my guest is Joshua Ludlam, and he's the exponential coach and belong king. I like that little play on words. He is always looking for the possibility and the path to connection. He coaches and speaks on how to create powerful partnership, belonging, and authentic expression in every area of life. He coaches leaders, entrepreneurs, and business owners on how to become exponential. And when not working, he immerses himself in play, fun, and self-expression. Joshua Ludlam is also a TED Talk speaker. He was... um, on the Dupre TED Talk stage, and his talk was called Belong Anywhere, Thrive Everywhere, and that was from November 5th, 2021. So welcome my guest, Joshua Ludlam, today, and I am so excited about what we are talking about. I just, I think this is probably the crux of everything that I stand for, and and everything that I do in my work starts here. And this really is such a fundamental part of true authentic living. And so I'm so glad we had this conversation. I just thought he was the perfect person to have this conversation with because we both grew up in fundamentalist Christian homes and we both um, left the church and we both had to rebuild our worldview from the ground up and just wrestle with, with all these kinds of changes and, and thinking and, and who am I now and what does that look like and everything. And at the end of the day, vulnerability, it really is a superpower if you use it in the right way. And so many people don't use vulnerability in the right way. And I really want us to have a strong concept of of what vulnerability is and how it can be a, a superpower in your life um, because a lot of, particularly men, have been taught that it's a weakness. And as women, if we're vulnerable, we're too emotional or too this or too that. And I think that we have misunderstood what true vulnerability and authenticity is. So I'm just super excited about this talk today. And um, it's just probably one of my favorite conversations. On that note, it is longer than my other podcasts. I didn't want to do another two-part episode. So this one's just going to be a little bit longer. 
I think we went just over an hour, maybe an hour, 10 minutes, maybe hour and five, hour 10. Anyways, it just, it goes by quickly. It's just a great conversation. I just didn't want to chop it in half and have you wait another week because I just think everything in this podcast needs to be kept together and in one place. And, and so I hope that you don't mind that it's a bit longer. Um, if you have to pause it, you'll just have to pause it and come back to it, but it is just worth keeping it together. So I'm going to just fill you in a little bit in this next little part, just on the, on the experience that I am having again in Toronto. So look out for that. And there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, what else is happening? I just, oh, I want to encourage you guys to share this podcast. Let me know what you think about it in the Facebook group and share it with all your friends share it with anybody you can think of and just start spreading the word because I just want this podcast to have um, a greater reach if we can and just be on board together to really spread awareness of how to break free authentically in our sexuality, in our relationships, in our personal lives. Like it's so all encompassing. So I really, really want you guys to join me and just spread this message uh, via the podcast. So share it with your friends and let me know if you have. I would love to um, love to hear from you. So without further ado, we will come back and get right into the interview. Do I have an exciting opportunity for all of you? Those of you who live near Toronto, this might be just the experience you've been waiting for. Have you considered trying the lifestyle, going to a sex club or experiencing that kind of thing, but are nervous and don't know where to start? Well, I have something exciting for you. My Empowered Lifestyle Newcomers VIP experience is back and the next one is November 18th. And I would love for you to come and sign up. The link to sign up for this experience will be in the show notes. You can also find it in my bio on Instagram if you uh, are on my Instagram, if you follow me there. But you must sign up on this website in order to get your tickets. But it's a night of exploration and fun. It's a chance to dip your toes into a new world that offers unlimited possibilities. Sometimes they can be really scary with so many unknowns, but this is why I've created this Empowered Lifestyle Newcomers VIP experience. And it's so important to have a place where you can do this safely. So you might be thinking, what do I wear? Will I know anyone? What happens at these clubs? I'm so nervous. Well, don't worry. All these questions will be answered. This night is about having fun and making amazing new connections, all while feeling very safe and grounded. You don't have to sit by yourself and wonder who you should talk to or what the etiquette is in these situations, because we'll cover all of that. And you won't feel alone in this process. In fact, you will leave having made so many new connections and friendships that you'll wonder why it took you so long to try it out. Are you a single man but don't want to be that guy whenever you go to the club? Well, this night will also enlighten you and help make connections that will shift how you are perceived and how you interact. So this is for couples, for single women, for single gentlemen. All of the above are welcome. So check out the link. I will be there to hold your hand the whole time and 
talk with you. We have a special VIP section to sit in. We've got bottle service. We have some icebreakers. We get to party at the club and just have a great time. So go to the link and find out what this is all about. I'd love to have you join me. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome to Breaking Free Authentically. Today, I'm going to be talking with Joshua Ludlam, and we're going to have a conversation about emotions, about authenticity, vulnerability. Um, And I think we're going to call it like how, Josh, help me out here. Uh, We talked about calling it how vulnerability can be a superpower, right? How vulnerability can be a superpower. Because it's not always a superpower. It's not. Right. So it's not. In fact, I think, I think vulnerability has been misused a lot. Vulnerability can be a manipulative tool. Yes. And, and so we knowing how to use vulnerability to create exactly what we want in our relationships and in our, our sexual experiences as well, of course. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that, that we're going to touch on this because I think it's super important. Um, but before we do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because we have known each other not, not very long. So I'm really excited for people to get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. My name is Joshua Ludlum and uh, I have a, a, a coaching company called Exponential Evolution and a, a coaching program be- called Becoming Exponential. And it's really about just becoming the whole parts of us. So much of, I think, our world is focused on hiding who we are so that we can fit in. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about revealing exactly who we are, which is all the beautiful parts of us, all of those parts of us that we try to hide away. Because in doing so, I think we find a place of belonging. And in mm-hmm. finding a place of belonging, we find a place of thriving. And so yeah. um, I, I take people through that. That's what my work is. Mm-hmm. Um, my life and my relationships are all dedicated to that exact same thing is how how do I show up so fully me that people love me for me? And how do I invite people into that space of showing up so fully them that they can feel loved and seen for exactly who they are? So my work is practiced in every part of my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I call it a practice because mm, I'm not always getting it right. But mm-hmm. that's what we're that's where we're aiming for. I love that. And and that's one of the reasons why you're you're on the podcast today, because we align very much on that. Mm-hmm. Um just the whole idea of authenticity. Sometimes I think authenticity maybe isn't as clear for some people, but what you've just described right there is like being fully present, being fully ourselves, being Mm. fully in our us-ness, you know, like who we are, like who I am to my core flaws and all is all a part of me. And this week I've had a lot of conversations just about shame and how shame affects our ability to love ourselves and be vulnerable with ourselves because, you know, we don't even want to say that we're struggling with shame because we don't, 
we shame shame. <laughs> yeah, it becomes a cycle. <laughs> yeah. And so I think just to be aware that we have to start with us not judging who we are and mm-hmm. what our flaws are and what makes us seem like we won't fit in and own those parts because guaranteed once you own all parts of you, your energy shifts and all of a sudden you draw people who also appreciate those parts and feel like they don't belong and they don't have a place where they fit in. And really at the end of the day, what is it that we all want? Just to be able to be. Yeah. To be so fully present and to be so fully us that we don't have to and to be accepted and loved for that. Yeah, I think that's the yeah exactly. Day, right. Looking for that accept that acceptance and love. And the reality, I think, of vulnerability and authenticity is, is that we won't always be accepted and loved for no. who we are. And so there, the the reason it's vulnerable is because there is a risk. There right. is a risk in showing up who I am and having someone go, eh, that's that's not that's not for me. And not only is it not for me, it shouldn't be for you either. And and there is right. the judgment, the shame that comes along with that. And so it's it's right for us sometimes to feel afraid in that in that authenticity because it is vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. that's when I think about the distinction between I think that authenticity and vulnerability have kind of become meshed together. I was talking to somebody several years ago, and they were actually they'd gotten out of a relationship, and they were inviting me into a, a sexual experience with them. They're like, mm-hmm. I, "I see who you are. I think that you would, I would enjoy this with you." And I didn't find them to be authentic in what they were saying mm-hmm. and, and and who they were and how they showed up in the world. And so I didn't want to enter that space with them. Mm-hmm. And so I said that not the whole of that but i said i don't i don't that's not i don't want to do that with you mm-hmm. and she said but i'm being vulnerable and i said yes i i get that and i appreciate that i realize this is a vulnerable space for you and if i am not authentically saying what's true for me then then you, then that vulner then there's not a risk of vulnerability if you're not vulnerable if yeah. all you're going to get is by saying i'm i'm feeling vulnerable is just to get the outcome that you're after you can well, still feel vulnerable and and get the result that you are afraid of in your vulnerability and that has to be okay in in our vulnerability to say i know that my authenticity is going to create a place of vulnerability for me but there's a payoff here mm-hmm. even if there's a risk and i'm going right. to look for the payoff understand that the risk might be there and i i, I got to trust myself on the other side of that right and i i agree with that so much and and i think that we often can use that like you said to manipulate right like like if I come to you with my truth and like, well, I'm being really vulnerable and my expectation is that because I'm being vulnerable, you're going to accept that truth and and make it your own as well, mm-hmm. then I'm no longer being actually vulnerable because vulnerability takes being comfortable with discomfort yeah. and the discomfort of not knowing what someone's answer is going to be and not knowing if they're going to reciprocate, if they're going to accept that. And I know that for me, I am such a vulnerable person and I am so open and transparent with people. And I think sometimes it was perceived as I'm trying to manipulate because that's so 
so foreign a time, a lot of times. But now when I look back, like I recognize that in my marriage, I was quite codependent. And so because they did not, they were not vulnerable. Mm -hmm. My vulnerability served in my mind, sort of both of us. And so Mm -hmm. I would come with my vulnerability but I was so uncomfortable with the possible result of another no or another, mm-hmm. you know, denial of what it is that was core to me and important to me that I would then phrase it in a way that actually wasn't truly vulnerable. It was mm-hmm. manipulative it was and it had an ounce of blame to it. Yeah. Ooh. You know, and it had this like, If you, it had this undertone of, if you don't accept this part of me, then you're responsible for me feeling bad about myself. I Mm. think, right? Like Mm -hmm. if I really am being honest Mm -hmm. and vulnerable about what I portrayed it as, is my insecurity. I didn't always feel safe in my vulnerability. And Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that because you talked about that the other day, which I loved. And I want you to share that example if you don't mind. Um, but feeling safe in your vulnerability means you can actually come with your vulnerability without having a predetermined outcome. Yeah, it's it is the trust on the other that, side. That it's, is a superpower right there. That's the superpower, exactly. I, yeah. I, I'm gonna tell I told you a story the other day, and I'm gonna tell that story, but I'm gonna hold that story for a second. Okay. Yeah, because I want to because it's a it's a really powerful story. And I think when it's built, when you see it yeah. built on some Absolutely. of these other things that it's, it, it helps. And it was about me being angry with my girl, not with my girlfriend. It was about me being angry yeah. around my girlfriend because of some things that were happening and being able to share that anger with her. And in doing mm-hmm. so, it put me at a place of being vulnerable with mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. and When I think of what Brene Brown obviously is kind of our, our, my go-to when I think about vulnerability (laughs) and authenticity, and there's something that I haven't really heard a lot from her, but I think a lot about, which is, she talks about rumbling with vulnerability. Basically Mm. you get in the door with your vulnerability and now you got the thing that you were afraid of. Instead of getting the payoff that you were after, you got the thing that you were afraid of. And I really think about that as that vulnerability is the doorway for us to be able to sit in intimacy with someone. Mm-hmm. And when we are in that intimacy, sometimes that intimacy feels really good because we were afraid, but we put ourselves out there and the person went, oh yeah, I get you. I see you. That's yeah. me too. And yeah, it feels yeah. really good. And then there's other times where they go, where you've put yourself out there and you're standing naked in front of yeah. somebody and they go, ooh, I don't like that. That's not me. I don't get it. I don't understand how in the world you can think that way. Mm-hmm. And and now we're at risk of losing a relationship. We're at risk of feeling like a, a, a silly little child. We're at risk of having someone abort, misunderstand abort, us. Abort. Yeah, and, and everything is saying run. Everything <laughs> is saying get out or fight. Like we go into that fight or flight mm. mode in those moments because it threatens so much our belonging. Ha- or Or I'm just joking. Right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just joking. I wasn't really serious about that. How many times have you heard that, right? Right. And you're like, wait a second. You were on the brink of vulnerability. 
Yeah, well, you were vulnerable, but you didn't stay yeah. in that intimacy, which I believe that the intimacy, again, Brene calls that the rumbling with vulnerability, I think. Mm-hmm. That is where on the other side of staying with intimacy, in intimacy with someone, is that I learned to have a different experience of trusting myself that... If the payoff is there that I went for it, if the payoff of sharing myself and creating connection with somebody is available, I went for it and I got it. Mm-hmm. And even if the even if I get what I'm most afraid of, that I can come to the other side. And when I stay there, I allow my nervous system to kind of reset and come mm-hmm. back to this wasn't the end of the world. And I can be safe and comfortable with that other individual, regardless of the outcome, with myself, regardless of the outcome, I've owned that part of me that was rejected. And I come to the other side and I go, actually, I am okay. And that for me is belonging. I I did a TED talk Mm -hmm. about belonging and and that feeling of safety on the other side of it, this feeling of safety to be my authentic self. And that safety is not in somebody else. It's it's right here. Right. That's exactly what I wanted to make sure that we yeah. that we really communicate. So, so that safety, often we look to others to create the safety, but it has to be with us. And that has been my biggest lesson in the past two years learning about myself. And sometimes I wasn't very kind to myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'm not even safe to myself to fail because I'm beating myself up or I'm I'm assuming that I'm not going to be able to follow through or I'm assuming that I'm no good at this or I'm assuming this. How, of course, I'm going to be just torn up if someone doesn't accept me because I'm not even accepting me. Mm-hmm. So when you flip it and when you are vulnerable with yourself and go, that's okay. It's okay to be angry right now. Mm. It's okay to be mad. Mm. It's okay to feel shame in this moment. Mm. Just don't jealous. stay there. It's okay to be jealous. It's okay to not feel compersion at this moment. Mm. Maybe mm. that's not in you at this moment. Maybe there's something else that's coming up for you. But the second you beat yourself up for that, you are not creating safety for yourself. So how are you going to open up and be vulnerable to someone else when you can't even share your own vulnerability with yourself. So that is the first place I always start with people, you know, like a be, being sexually authentic requires being authentic. Mm-hmm. And and all of that requires self-love mm-hmm. first and foremost. And the second thing that I say is is sex positivity because letting go of that shame and the programming of what's wrong and what's right and all these things can help us to, you know, when we grapple with these things, we can, we can then embrace ourselves. So if we love who we are, we embrace the things that we thought were wrong or that our thoughts, they're no longer shameful. Mm-hmm. Now we're not judging ourselves. And also in the sex positive world, we're no longer judging other people and then the third piece is community, right? Like you said, finding your tribe, um, finding this belonging. And then you're you're finding people that don't judge you as well. So it's like this this circle, right? Right. Of, of I no think judgment. 
Yep. I think that's the important thing. I can have that love for myself, but if I never, ever, ever get valid, like that validation of someone staying and someone, yeah. someone else coming with that non-judgment, it's going to always feel like a threat. And so that, that loving myself, being willing to put myself in that place of vulnerability, if I'm never getting the payoff for it, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to keep going back to it. And so it is important to be putting ourselves in those environments where we allow people the opportunity to accept us. Yeah. But if it's not an internal job, no matter how so it, people can say to say to you all day, yeah, I don't judge you for that. Yeah, I enjoy the same thing. But if I'm still judging myself mm-hmm. about it, then I'm never going to be able to accept that. Mm-hmm. And so it does become a cycle. It's I love myself and I take myself to the point of vulnerability with other people and and then accept those people who who join in the game of not judging me, accept yeah. that version of me, and then go kind of to the next level of that, yeah. whatever that might be or whatever that might feel like. So can we look at that that part where we sit in the discomfort of that rumble that you were talking about? Yeah. And and like what is that beautiful thing that we're learning in that moment? Because I think that's what we forget. <laughs> You know, like if we don't get the result that we want, if we don't get the validation that we want, what are we getting in that moment that is so valuable that we ignore? I'll say a couple of things. I think there's a ton of things that we get in that. I'll give you a a, a trick that I like to use when it comes to all of our emotions. And and when we're when we're talking about emotional vulnerability here. We're also, there's also a vulnerability, I think, in, in the world of this, of your listeners is in the sexual vulnerability of mm-hmm. saying something that I want or that I desire mm-hmm. that might be taboo or that might be, have, have been off the table in the past. And, and for us to be able to say, like, I want this and to own the desire of this, mm-hmm. there's a vulnerability. We're, we're also talking about that type of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of every single one of our emotions and judgment in particular is one of my favorite emotions. I see it mm-hmm. as an emotion. Judgment, jealousy, yep. envy okay. are all kind of this in this same little like cousin pod together of emotions. And what I always ask myself when I have a negative emotion, what I what, what people would consider negative emotion mm-hmm. come up, I think to myself, what is it that this is telling me that I want? And what is telling me that is in the way of what I want? And when judgment shows up, it's telling me there's something about what that person is doing that I really want. And it may not be, it may not be the act itself or the experience itself. It may just be that they feel so at ease with themselves. I want that. But judgment also tells me what is the thing that I will not be willing to do in order to have that. Mm -hmm. And so we judge other people because we go, wait, it's not fair. It's where the envy comes from, the jealousy (laughs) comes from. It's not fair that they have that thing and they are doing that to get it because I could never do that. (laughs) And once we identify both of those things, then we can learn to like if that judgment is showing up in me, I can learn to own that thing that I actually want that's there. Mm-hmm. And I can decide maybe I can get that by by doing something different than what they were doing, or maybe I can come to terms with what this is. Maybe there's a maybe there's a, a an old belief system that's keeping mm-hmm. me from doing this thing, but, but and that's therefore keeping me from the thing that I want. 
So mm-hmm. we, even when we receive judgment, if we can turn that outwards in the same mindset that yeah. it's not actually somebody else's judgment that they're putting on me, that they see something in me that they wish they could have, but they don't want to to, to do that and to get there. Therefore, that's their their judgment. It's not it, it's not something for me to wear. So in 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 feeling and experiencing judgment, we can we can start to experience judgment differently on both sides of it, when I feel it in myself and when I feel it from others. So I think that's one beautiful thing of that. So you're saying that it's more like a reflection. So so when I when I judge you for something, so let's just put an example out there. Yes. I'm going to like, it's kind of a funny when I, I say this all the time. I'm like, people think that the lifestyle or polyamory is about orgies or whatever. And I don't even like orgies, you know? And I almost judge orgies a little bit, but you know what it is about orgies that I don't like is that I can't get my out of my head in that kind of a situation because there's so much going on. And I get so frustrated that some people could just be sitting there and having orgasms and and enjoying with all this stuff going on around them and not worry about a thing. I can't get to that place inside of myself. I need more one-on-one. And so really it's me judging myself and being jealous of the fact that I can't get to that relaxed out of my head place like they can. Yep. So I just hate orgies. Right. Yeah. Right? And you put so, up the guard against it. And, yeah, and so I can, judgment is the is one of the walls yeah. that we put up to yeah. say, I cannot receive this. Mm-hmm. So it, when you can own yeah, I actually, I actually do want to be a part of that. And I actually really would like to be able to experience that over and over and over again. Then you can also then hold that desire mm-hmm. and move towards that desire rather than, again, when we judge it, we essentially put it on a shelf and go, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Where you might, it might take some time for you to get to that point. It might take some uh, additional safety. It might take some growing into that like taking it in smaller groups and moving it into that yeah. but if 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 you can be with the ownership of it of that's my desire rather than putting it on a shelf then you can watch the things unfold around you that actually allows you to be able to make that desire mm-hmm. a reality so maybe you can keep the orgy on the shelf if you'd like like that doesn't have to come off the shelf but you can go, hmm. So I struggle with opening up and getting out of myself. And maybe I have a fear of judgment, maybe in a situation like that. So now I'm aware of that more. Mm-hmm. What can I do to work back and go, okay, so why is it that I get stuck in my head? And why is it that I struggle with that? And why? And then just improve on the areas of what of what I already like to do and what I feel comfortable doing. I don't have to end up in the orgy room. That's not what I have to do. That's not what we're saying. Right. We're just saying, right. check what it is that is causing you to kind of judge it a little bit or be jealous of it or be frustrated with it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be a completely legitimate thing. 
Yeah, but, absolutely. But absolutely. There's, there's a there's reason nothing, for it. We're not going to go back and judge the reason now why we don't want no. to do it. We're going to absolutely. I love the idea that you said of putting it on the shelf and at least owning it for that's something that mm-hmm. I want. I may not be ready for it. And in fact, if I try to put myself in those situations just because I've what I I have owned what I want, but there's still something in the way, I'm being out of integrity with myself. Mm-hmm. And every time that I am out of integrity with myself, you know, the whole point of what we've been talking about is building trust with ourselves, putting ourselves in those vulnerable spaces so we can trust ourselves. Yeah. If I'm doing these things that are out of integrity with myself. I'm saying to myself, you, you can't be trusted for, for the way that you're feeling in this moment. So every time that I honor that this thing is in the way, and so mm-hmm. I'm not going to put myself here yet, but I am also still going to let's dig deeper because there's yeah. a possibility that I get to have that one day. I look at unravel and heal some of those things that might be in the way of that. If I want to, let me bring up another um, area of this. And this was alluding to the question that I'd asked you, like what being sitting in that discomfort, what can it show you? So let's say I'm sharing with you that I really struggle with orgies. Like I, I just don't like it. I feel gross around them and I don't, I don't know what it is that I don't like, but you love orgies. Okay. Let's say you love orgies and then you're you're just trying to convince me of how great they are. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, oh, well, now I feel silly that I don't like orgies because mm-hmm. they're actually really great. And I mean, this is an extreme example here, but right, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, I think it proves the point, you know. So, so okay, so now all of a sudden I feel like my non-love of orgies. <laughs> is slightly being judged now. And I feel like I don't fit in. So what are my options here? And what are my, what can I do with this information? And so this, this discomfort of like, that's not, I shared my truth. That doesn't align with your truth necessarily. We can agree to disagree, but are you going to be the one I'm going to want to hang out with all the time? (laughs) That's it. It's it's a clarifier rather than looking yes. at it as rather than looking at that judgment or that feedback that we get from someone. Sometimes it might it might not even be that the judgment is coming from them. They may just be expressing themselves. And because we've got our own judgment about it, we overlay mm-hmm. somebody else's. Sometimes it is judgment that's coming at. I, I think when we go into a vulnerable place and we share these things. We, we've got, I think that again, the danger in vulnerability is I'm expecting by being vulnerable that I'm going to get the payoff. I've got to go into vulnerability knowing that either one of those outcomes, the risk might show up or the payoff might show up Mm -hmm. and I will be okay with whatever happens. Because it, in the end, it's getting me closer to understanding who my tribe is, uh, who my community is, where I click and where I fit. And and I just, I could sit there and be like, okay, so all my friends love orgies and I'm going to the club with all these friends and I feel like I need to fit in with them. So now I'm going to be hanging out in the orgy room and watching them all having a great time and I'm feeling uncomfortable and I'm really not enjoying my life in this world. And so I'm going to leave this world at some point and go, well, that's not for me. And, and it's just not, 
great. And, and I don't like being a swinger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. likes orgies and, and that's just not for me. But what if we flip that scenario? Okay. So now I recognize that you, you don't love orgies. And I'm like, well, that's great that you don't and or that you like them. And that's great. I am not personally one that does. And I can still stand in my power and be like, I am not going to allow someone else's view to shift mine just because mm-hmm. I don't, I'm afraid to not fit in. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. go, well, that's cool. I'm probably not going to go find all my friends in the orgy room. I'm going to be maybe finding people that are just sort of sitting on their own and observing or or deep in conversation because my truth happens to be that I I don't want to play with anyone I can't cuddle with or can't have a great conversation with. That's where I am because yep. connection is so super important to me. So right. again, I'm not going to I'm not going to make my circle full of people that are just down to fuck. DTF. Right. Right. That's not who my swinger friends are going to be. I'm going to surround myself with people that are in my tribe and who value just hanging out, hugs, being together, having great conversations. And if we play, we play. If we don't, we don't. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of people that I'm going to gravitate to. And Mm -hmm. if I'm confident in that, in my, in my presenting that, um, then those kind of people are also going to be drawn to me because they're going to feel safe in my energy of that. Oh, Hey, they like to connect too. And they're not, I'm not going to feel threatened by them wanting to connect or their spouse isn't going to feel threatened by an extra, a deeper connection than just sex. So you said something that's really important in that, in in that they're going to feel safe and that you're going to feel safe, which, Mm -hmm. which brings back to this, the conversation earlier of, you know, I have had, if I'm not willing to put myself in a place of vulnerability and, and I'm not willing then to be honest with myself and to be honest with other people, then how do they know what they're signing up for? How do I know what yeah. I'm signing up for? And I was talking, I had a, somebody that I was dating a, towards the beginning of the year and she, she was going to say something to me and then she got embarrassed by whatever it was that she was going to say. And so she, she withheld it and I could tell she was going to say something. And I said, well, what were you about ready to say? And she goes, I don't want to say it because I don't want to embarrass you. And, and, sh- and she was like, I'm, I'm not going to say it. I don't know what it was that she was going to say, but what I did tell her was, if you are willing to withhold inf- that, that honesty from me on such a little thing, it really causes me not to be able to trust you because if you're going to withhold it on that little thing, whatever that was, mm-hmm. how could I trust you? Like this is only the second date that we had been on. How can we, mm-hmm. how can I trust you to, for the bigger things? Like I, I, I want people in my life that are willing to share those things that even, even though they might be hurtful to me, if mm-hmm. they're the truth of what their experience is, because then I know that I can trust them in the bigger things. Mm-hmm. So I told you, you know, I said I'd tell the story about, I know, with my girlfriend and I'll make I'll make it a short version. 
<laughs> we were planning to, she had gone to the Lady Gaga, had come into town and she had gone to the Lady Gaga concert. And I had gone in the same night. I had gone to watch my son perform his band performance, which I love watching him play, but I despise being around all, like it's a lot of teenagers on a lot of teenage hormones that are around and they're just all over the place. And it's teenage and, band. And it's, well, it's, again, I love watching my son play and they're actually really great, oh, but awesome. it's, it's like, it's at a football game with, oh, with yeah, just yeah. this like chaotic energy around, which doesn't, doesn't do well for my, um, for, for my high level of sensitivity. So I go to pick up my girlfriend at the Lady Gaga concert, and we were going to go with some friends to do some live band karaoke together. Nice. And it took another 45 minutes for me to be able to pick her up because of traffic around the stadium. And then we get on the road to go and it's going to take us an hour to get there, which it should have taken like 20, 25 minutes. And then our friends go, it looks like it's about an hour wait. We've got friends that are, have been waiting outside for an hour and they're still not in. And I was like, screw this. I'm going home. And, and, but now I'm angry because the traffic was bad because I had to wait because like I'm already on a higher, like emotional, like elevation because of all the, the, the weird energy that's around me. And, and we're going back and my girlfriend's feeling so good. She just got done with the Lady Gaga concert. <laughs> she was all dressed up. She looks so hot. And, 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 and here I am complaining basically. And I just started listening. I, I was like, do you mind if I share with you what I'm feeling right now? She's like, no, not at all. I was like, I feel like it's going to be a downer to where you're at. But I shared with her the places that I was angry. I was like, I'm angry that I didn't get to go have fun tonight. I'm angry that everybody else got to have fun. I'm frustrated that the that, that Atlanta was doing traffic was doing road work and traffic on a Saturday night for a, at a Lady Gaga concert. Why did you shut down that many lanes of traffic? I'm angry that I didn't go get to go sing. And I just started laying it out mm -hmm. just to be able to get it out, to name it. Like, and, and then I would get done and then I would I'd think about it for a second. I'm like, and I'm frustrated that I had to deal with all these teenagers and, <laughs> and, 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 I kept checking in with her. I'm like, are you okay with this? Because I'm, again, I'm not trying to put this on you. I'm not trying to bring you down. And she goes, no, actually ding, ding, it makes ding, me- Ding, ding, though. That's the ding, ding. Yeah, I'm not trying to put it on her. Yeah. This wasn't about like, hey, I have an emotional thing and you need to wear this. You need to be in this emotion with me. It was right. just, I, I'm having this emotional thing and I'm being honest with myself about this, that this is coming up. Because I know that if I'm not, what I, what can happen is that I can I can get brooding then. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm I'm going to be I'm still feeling frustrated, I'm feeling angry, but I'm not sharing it. And now she's wondering like everything was fine five minutes ago. What's <laughs> what's going on, right? So I'm not going to do that. And in doing so, she said, no, actually, I don't mind that you shared it. I appreciate you sharing it because number one, I trust that you're not putting it on me. Mm -hmm. Number two, I trust you to be able to deal with it in whatever way that you're going to deal with it. And number three, I know exactly where you stand and I'm not having to guess about what you're feeling right now. And because I was able to share it, work through it, and a couple seconds later, it's all cleaned out, cleared out. And I went, you know what? I'm going to have fun tonight. <laughs> and, I went and I poured a glass of whiskey and we came back and she had taken we had both taken a shower to like get the 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 game and the lady gaga like sweat <laughs> off get of the us lady gaga off <laughs> yeah and 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 we in that moment tapped into something in our 
sexy time that we had directly after that, that was the rawest and realest experience that I've had in in a moment like that because mm. she gave me the space to tap into this true emotion of who I was. There was no faking it. Mm-hmm. She had the trust that I could handle that anger in a way that was not going to come out on her. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, it allowed us to both tap into something really raw and primal and trusting mm. that was one of the most amazing experiences that I've ever had mm. because we tapped into it. We trusted each other and we both felt safe in I felt safe to express it. She felt safe in my ability to be able to express it, own it, deal with it, Mm -hmm. and never let it be something that she had to wear, experience, or own for herself. I, that is what I try to communicate. Like, um, I'm, I'm writing, I'm doing an interview right now for authority, authority magazine. And, you know, it's talking about sort of the five things, um, to rekindle, a marriage that's gone cold. Mm. And I have been thinking about this a lot because I think, you know, for me, empowered relationships, I've done an episode on this is, is about creating safety, connection and novelty. Mm. Um, and, and part of that safety process is like, how do, how do we do that? How do we create safety for each other? And what does that look like? And I love this example that you just shared because it's it exactly and and safety doesn't just come from one person right like so so i just want to break that down a little bit okay so you said can i share what i'm feeling so you asked for consent mm-hmm. about sharing something that was weighing on you mm-hmm. and then you acknowledged that she just had this great time and that her energy was up so you're acknowledging that her energy is where hers is at yours is where yours is at mm-hmm. and therefore she could give you permission because her energy was okay to to take on mm-hmm. something that you were wanting to share but also she knew in that that you recognized that you didn't want to put that on her and you took away any responsibility that she had for your emotions at that time and that is yeah. so so key And I think a lot of people forget that part. I know I forgot that part all the time. I would just launch into something and I do it often. I just launch into something and I just dump and I'm not trying to make someone else responsible for it. I just want to be seen. But instead of clarifying, first of all, are you ready to hear? Mm -hmm. Are you in a place where you can listen? Mm -hmm. And two, um, let's just clarify that this is for me. <laughs> this is for me to get this out. It's not for, for you to feel responsible to fix that feeling in me. Mm. That's hugely important. I think on the other side of that too, when, mm-hmm. you, when someone comes to you, I, I had a friend of mine that I had wanted to share something. I had been reaching out to over the course of a, of a couple of days to share something that I needed, that I was, she was a, a great emotional support for me. Mm-hmm. And she didn't reach back out. And then she, a couple of days later, she calls me and she goes, hey, I need to share something with you. Are you in a place to be able to, to, to 
to hold this for me. And I said, actually, no, I'm not. I'm dealing with something on my own. And I kind of thought you were calling me to, to for me to be able to, to share in this space with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm actually asking, because this has been a couple of days. I'm actually asking you, or do you have a space for it? And if you don't, that's okay. We, mm-hmm. we can we cannot be the support for each other in this moment. And to be able to set that boundary to say like, no, I actually can't hold that for you in this moment. And it wasn't a tit for tat thing. It wasn't any type of like, I, I'm, I'm going to withhold this from you because you withheld, withheld this from right? me. But it was just like, I'm not in, I am not in the space. I, I, I'm seeking support right now. And if that's not you, I'll go get that support somewhere else. And um, that's the I beautiful thing. capable of that in this moment. And that's vulnerability as a superpower right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you don't have an expected outcome. Like you are asking with a genuine yep. curiosity about if they're in a place they can handle that. And, yep. you know, you weren't like, oh, well, you didn't listen to me for the past two days and um, I still need you. And no, I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not going to let, like, that's very passive aggressive there. We don't need to do that. But like, you were literally like, no, I don't have space for anything else because I'm so like overloaded with my own. I need, I need to release some of that just to know that about yourself and not shame yourself for it. Again, mm-hmm. here's that thing. Cause you could have been like, oh, well, you know, my problem's not that big a deal. Um, I'll just be there for them because that's what a good friend does. And right. we do that so yep. often. That the nice but, guy in me would have done that yeah. so hard five years ago. Me too. And then you feel resentful after because yep. you are still stuck with all this emotion and you haven't had an outlet because you didn't validate yourself enough to, to ask for that, to be honest mm-hmm. about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the beauty of that conversation is that she asked you for your consent. You were able to say no. You asked her back and you could both honestly Mm -hmm. share your truth in that moment, what your energy levels were. And then you could trust that you weren't going to fall apart without each other, that, that you can hold your own things and that you can go find someone else to share that with. And I think that this is why I, what I think the most beautiful part of ethical non-monogamy is, is, yes. is breaking yes. down this concept that only one person can be your emotional support. And I think that this is where monogamy gets things wrong. A lot of times the, the sort of the, the framework that we have in our, you know, you get mm-hmm. married to find your soulmate so that you've got this one person who can be there for you and all your emotions and help carry you through that. They're your better half. They're your, you know, your, your stronghold. He's my everything. And he's there for me at all times. Well, that's a huge weight to carry. Mm -hmm. And, and the beauty of my world being ethically non-monogamous is that I have the ability and the space to create depth and connection with several different people on a deep level. And I'm not betraying anyone because I recognize that my things are my responsibility to figure out a way. It doesn't mean I have to deal with it on my own, but it means Mm -hmm. I don't put that responsibility on someone else and then make them feel bad when they can't do it. Uh, It it takes a village, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To, Mm -hmm. to raise a child. And there's a reason for that. It's because we can't carry all of that. We need to be interdependent on others, but also recognize 
when one can do the job and one can't. Right. When one can't, because the, I'll, need, I'll say that's part of safety. It's part of creating yeah. safety. The, and, and the way that I see that safety, and I'll say one other thing. I was talking to my girlfriend the other day about how men are, are there's this new experience of men being able to share and, and like, let's make it a safe place for men. Men have emotions too, to be able to bring those emotions mm-hmm. to the table. And, and yet it requires on the other hand, there's programming that women have that women, that men aren't to be emotional as well. Yeah. And so when they, when they experience that, um, they often don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and I was talking to my girlfriend about this and she came back to me and she was like, yes. And on the other side of that is because men cannot put the emotional labor of my emotions onto my partner because it's going, it's then going to feel for them like heavy. they're carrying the weight of that and they're and it's heavy. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then by, by, by requiring that someone else do the emotional labor for us because we haven't been able to have a safe place to do that emotional labor before we put an, an undue weight on them that makes them go like, Whoa, 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 that's not mine. Mm-hmm. And it gets pushed back on the man. And all of a sudden the man's going like, wait a second. I thought this was a safe place. Yeah. The difference is it, in, in the way that I held that, and also I have a, a partner who has done the work to be able to mm-hmm. know her own emotional world. But when I do that, I'm not putting it on someone else to say, hey, here's an emotional thing that I have. I need you to help me fix this. It's yeah. here's an emotional thing that I have. Can, can you help me? Will you help me to process this? At the mm-hmm. end of the day, I know it's my responsibility. At the end of the day, I'm going to handle this. I want a partner in this moment to help mm. me decipher this. That's the difference. That, are you in this with me? Yeah, not, not for me. Are you taking it from me? Yeah. And I will be willing to be with anyone who is who, who asks who me to be in it with them. I won't be in it with anyone who asks me to do it for them. Because it... It doesn't matter. And, you know, I've had clients who do this, you know, like they expect you to fix it for them, but mm-hmm. they refuse to see what's right in front of them. And that's, you can't bear that burden that, that sucks all your energy. It takes yep. all the life out of you. Yep. Um, and so I really, I just want to honor the fact that, you know, how you presented that to her and how you you were able to release her of that responsibility. And then you kept checking in with her Mm -hmm. and saying, is this too much or is it? No, no. Because how valuable was it for her to realize that it wasn't her you were upset with. Mm -hmm. It wasn't her that ruined your night Mm -hmm. because she could have been like, oh, well, he had to come pick me up. And and so now Mm -hmm. he's in this traffic. And so he's probably upset because he's mad because I shouldn't have had him pick me up. I should have just, you know, Ubered home or whatever. And mm-hmm. and this is where we start to make assumptions. Whereas if we can yep. just safely go, she can go, Oh, Oh, that's not me at all. That's just how he's feeling now that's out. And you were like, okay, it's out. I didn't, nobody shamed me for those emotions. So I'm not having to justify them in any way, shape or form. Not to myself, not to my partner. So now they're they're gone. I can Mm -hmm. let them go. And now I can move on to the next step, which is sexy time. (laughs) 
and be fully present because again, you are just there. I'll say one other thing about that. Consent doesn't start when the sexy time starts. It's like when, when that's another reason why she can trust me in those moments Mm. of I'm, I am asking her to choose in with me at every moment. I am asking for her consent everywhere in our relationship. And so when it comes to the bedroom, I've already built, we've already built that mm-hmm. consent model. We've already built that. And so when, when it comes to the bedroom, now we can, there, there's, there's a freedom to kind of just lay down the, the guards and go, I know that at any moment I can speak up. I know that at every moment mm-hmm. I'll be checked in with, mm-hmm. and there is a safety that I promise you that your choice, your desire, your want is just as important to me as my choice, my desire, my mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. And so that we can we can be in the game of exploring together, knowing that we're both choosing in. And that happens mm-hmm. way before it ever mm-hmm. gets to the bedroom. What would you say to someone who is fearful of sounding needy mm. by sharing that? So what about that was not needy, you know? That's a really great question. I think it does come back to, I didn't need her in that moment. I wanted her in that moment. Mm -hmm. I asked her to be in that moment with me. If she had said no, I would have gone, okay, again, it's that same vulnerable, same, same. I put myself in a place of vulnerability. There's a payoff, which is I get what I'm asking for. There's mm-hmm. a risk, which is I don't get what I'm asking for. And I trust myself that on the other side of that, I'm going to be okay. My needs and getting my needs met is ultimately my responsibility. It's not my partner's responsibility, regardless mm-hmm. of whatever hierarchy or title that they, that we mm-hmm. might be in, in a relationship. It is my responsibility to get those needs met. And I will always hold that. I will be okay. I will be resourceful and I'll find another way to do that. And, and that the invitation is, can I share this with you? The, it, it's an invitation into my world, not yeah. a requirement to be a part of my world. It's an uh, invitation there it to is, right this. there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an invitation to join you in your vulnerability, in your world, in your internal internal world, shall we say, Mm -hmm. right? It Mm -hmm. gives you an insight into what it is that you desire and you, you need and you enjoy and you like, but it stops there Mm -hmm. before you put the responsibility on someone to make that happen. And I think uh, here's, here's an example, like when we're talking about orgasms. Okay. So we can share what we desire and what makes it easier for us to orgasm thing. But at the end of the day, we are the ones who need to take our own orgasm into our own hands. Mm-hmm. It is not someone else's responsibility because you could be doing all the right things. And if I'm stuck in my head worrying about it, it's never going to come. That right. is not, no pun intended. <laughs> it's It's not their responsibility to make that happen. It is our responsibility to share our desires and our wants and and to be in communion together about these things. Yes. So that, let's look at it this way, so that our partner can say, yes, I want to be a part of that. You are inviting them, like you said, to be a part of that. Yes, I want to please you that way. 
But if I am not in that place at all, and I just can't even go there tonight, there's no feeling of rejection there because that wasn't the expectation. Yep. The expectation was simply to just share and l- allow you into what I would like. Yep. Another quick point is like, you know, we're, we've been saying it's not, it's not, I'm responsible for my own feelings. I'm responsible for my own things. Um, it sounds very different when your partner tells you you are responsible for your own things. That no longer feels safe. Yeah. That feels dismissive. And I know it's the same thing. You're saying the same thing. The intention is often probably the same, but what it says at its core is, and this is probably because they don't feel safe. They feel like you're putting it on them, right? right like right. like if they're saying that to you, it's because they probably feel that way. Yep. But it's also a way to passive aggressively be like, I don't have to, I'm not responsible for you. I don't have to input into your life. That's for you. Yep. I'm absolved of any responsibility for that. And as much as that is true, we share so that our partners can come towards us so that we can feel like we're in partnership to do things. But the second we make someone feel responsible for it, Mm -hmm. that's the feeling they get is I'm not responsible for your, and that's, and that feels hurtful sometimes. Yeah. And so uh, I think being aware that if if my partner is pushing back, it's, it's probably not, it's probably not because they don't want to be a support with me. Probably is because they're feeling like they're wearing it for themselves. Like I'm putting it on them, which then I have to check in. If they're feeling that mm-hmm. I'm putting it b- back into my intention. Am I doing that? Mm-hmm. I'm asking myself that if they're feeling that. And I think another way to be able to communicate that is leaving the door open for connection. Mm-hmm. My love I don't have the space for this right now. And I want to be a resource for you. I want to be a partner for you. But th- but this isn't feeling good for me to hear this from you right now. Is there another time or another, uh, another space that we can do this in? Or can you go be resourceful and get that uh, and get that elsewhere? Because it creates then that environment that says, I am up for this, but I'm not up for it right now. It leaves the door open for connection without without slamming it in the face. And it says, essentially, this is your responsibility, not mine, without saying it in those words. Of, yes. I can't be here right now. I want to be. I'm not available for this. Well, isn't that the other beautiful, like a, an easy way to create safety? There's like, I want to be. Yeah. I just literally can't be right now. Like sometimes yeah. that's literally where we're at. Like I'm maxed out emotionally. Like or I taught at the school the other day and I came home and I was like, if anybody tries to talk to me right now, I just have nothing yeah. left, right? Nothing left. There's also the place where I'm, it may not be that I'm not at capacity for something. It may not be that I don't have the capacity for it. Maybe that I just don't want to deal with that way of you of, of dealing with it. And so to say, I want this connection for you. I want this to feel safe for you. But right now it doesn't feel safe when you share in this way. Mm. If you shared in this way or this time, that that allows me to be more open to that or whatever the whatever in sharing that it says, I want on one hand to have connection with you, but I also don't want to do it in this way. 
or whatever the reason is, we can, it doesn't have to be a need. It can just be a want. I, I, I want connection with you, but I don't want it in this way. How how can we come to a place where we can both get what we want, which is really to feel connected, to feel seen, to be understood. Mm-hmm. And that might, that conversation might have to happen outside of the trigger, outside of the anger. Yeah, it might have yeah, to yeah, be yeah. an agreement that's not done in that moment, but it's like, if you, if I, to be available, here's what it feels like for me when we come to these places. Yeah. No, and I think it's really important, especially, especially if you're someone who has a partner who maybe isn't doing the work or doesn't know this stuff yet, mm-hmm. or if you're mm-hmm. learning about it and you're like, how do I bring this back to my partner? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. safety goes both ways, but how do I start that process? And it can be started on one end. And like what you just said, you could say that's not my responsibility because you know that it isn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. You could say it like that, or you could invite them in some way to look at it differently or to to be responsible for their own things while you lovingly are there on the sidelines supporting them or to share just some some honest truth about your energy capacity at the moment, or you might be able to share sort of a pattern. Like if I engage with you, you'll feel better. If I tell you all these wonderful things, you'll feel better, but then you're just going to go right back to that same pattern. And I don't have the capacity for that right now. And so I want to make some changes about that. And Mm -hmm. so I am here to support you. I love you, but you need to go check in with yourself about why you're feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also the whole, like you talked about, like when we're triggered or whatever, and, um, a really great analogy that I heard like years ago is like your lid is flipped. (laughs) So if you're triggered, um, like in regular times when you can think your frontal cortex, you know, the front of your brain does a lot of this, like work to make sense of things. But when you're triggered, it's like the, the lid like if you think of the top of your head as a lid, it just flips back. And now your your frontal cortex is just no longer there available to tap into. And all mm-hmm. you have is like your your amygdala, Amy mm-hmm. G. Dilla is, is how this person put it. And so Amy's in control. Amy G. Dilla is sort of the lizard, you know, she's the reactive brain uh-huh. and she is emotional about it all and and it's not thinking clearly and so it's if you can kind of use some terminology oh my my lid is flipped right now let mm-hmm. my lid resettle and then we can have this conversation mm-hmm. or i think maybe you you know you you sound like your lid is flipped too maybe you were triggered by something i said or maybe you're triggered. Mm-hmm. why don't we just take some time for that lid to resettle and then we can talk rationally about it yep without saying Oh, you're just too emotional or you're just too this or too that, or why are you so reactive and blah, 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 blah. Because yeah, took me a long time to feel like being emotional was not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And now I love my emotional side. I just Mm -hmm. need to check when I'm out of control. Why is that? And what is it that Mm -hmm. caused me to be there and to recognize that? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and I think that brings us right back full circle to learning to love those parts of us, which, uh, by the way, I, I, I'll i take a little umbrage and issue with the idea that those parts of us are flaws. 
You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I le- learn to love my flaws, like learn to love my human. And it's not a flaw. Yeah. It, it, we, we have made it such because we've, we've said that that doesn't, you know, our anger isn't, you know, the rational part of us or, uh, or the, you know, our, our jealousy isn't, doesn't mm-hmm. fit here in a, in a poly world. Mm-hmm. And all of those things are our guidepost, our signpost, and any time that we that we make them the bad guy, as opposed to honoring that they're coming up, loving that they're coming up, appreciating that they're coming up, appreciating that my guidance system is working appropriately for me to know what's going on under the surface. And now I can rationally deal with love reparent take care of that part of me that needs to be taken care of till I can come back whole and relaxed and complete I'm trying to think who the book is hang on one second I think um oh yeah gay hendrix mm-hmm. um have you heard much of his stuff gay mm-hmm. hendrix uh phd he wrote a book called the 10 minute miracle Mm-hmm. And I love that book because it talks about checking in with yourself. And, and I, I do this with my clients. It's like there's three different zones in your body. And that can be another another podcast. But the different zones in your body tell you different things. Like if your chest is 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 feeling squeezed and heavy, um, it's a it's a place of longing. And so there's mm-hmm. there's something that you're longing for that you haven't had, whether it's like uh, emotional longing or, or physical longing or, or something. And then, you know, you've got your, your neck and your head, um, and your shoulders. That's often anger. And there's mm. like something that hasn't been, there's been a, there's a wrong that hasn't been righted and, and there needs to be sort of a rect- rectification of that. And then you've got your, your stomach and whatever that anxiety feeling, you know, like fear and anxiety, that tightening in your, in your stomach. So those are three different zones and, and just to check in with your body where something is sitting. So if you're feeling jealous, mm-hmm. okay, are you angry? Like, is that in the back of your head? Is it in your chest? Is it in your stomach? Like that tells you a lot and you can check in, but he goes a step further and it's like, how do I love myself? And, and I remember he was like working with a client. And one of the things he said was, um, the client was like, I hate myself. Mm. And she said, he says to her, I want you to tell yourself that you love yourself for hating yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is the start. Like, mm-hmm. like this person had to love the fact that they hated themselves. And that was just simply acknowledging mm-hmm. that child that nobody likes. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. child that gets sent to the office all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you tell them you love them, they're not going to act like that quite so much. Mm-hmm. And it's that starting of breaking down the, it's that, that, that part of you that hates you is feeling unloved. That part of you that hates you is feeling like they don't have a place or they shouldn't be there mm. and they don't have any acceptance. So all of a sudden you loving yourself or hating yourself is almost sort of starting to break apart that boundary. So I challenge anyone who doesn't know how to love themselves to start with that simple thing. I love myself for being jealous. What? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Why would you say that? 
because the jealousy is showing me something. And I love that part of me because it's showing up to protect me somehow. Why should I hate it? It is the most loving act in the world for your anger to come up that says, Mm. hold on a second, it's not right. It's the most loving act in the world for your jealousy to come up, come up to go, hold on, that's not fair. We don't have to act out from anger. We don't have to act out from jealousy, but you're right. Starting with that, starting with that love for, thank you for protecting me. Mm -hmm. You can, I I don't need you to get that overreactive though. You were showing me though, okay, I got this. I'm going to take action on it. And again, when I take action on it, every time I do, I create trust with myself. Yeah. You don't have to yell in order to get this (laughs) to be heard. You can just, you can just pipe up and I'll listen. And, and you might be hearing the wrong voice. Like you might be getting angry out of an assumption of something. And so when you listen to that anger and you go, okay, why, why are we angry here? What's coming up? Well, I think that they're saying this. And then you can go, well, are they actually saying that? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. But if you just dismiss the anger and be like, I shouldn't have that, you'll never get to the point where you can even ask that. And then you're <laughs> sitting there in this anxious feeling of like being angry and judging yourself for being angry. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you can't get out of it. Nothing can flow through you if you're hanging on to it. Mm. But if you're like, okay, I see you. I see you anger. I still love you. Think of it as a child, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love you still. You know, I don't like your behavior. I don't like how you're acting right now, but I still love you. And I see you and I understand why you're reacting that way Mm -hmm. because you're in pain and Mm -hmm. someone did something wrong to you in the past. And and you think that's happening again, you know, Mm -hmm. just have these conversations with anger, with Mm -hmm. jealousy, with judgment, Mm-hmm. And that way it can just flow and and we can release that. And it, it's so quickly, like how quickly did that anger dissipate from you when you shared that with your girlfriend? It was gone. It was gone. And whatever was left was transmuted into, like I said, something really powerful in that in that moment with her mm-hmm. that uh it could turn into a little raw energy there. We like a yeah. little raw passion. Yeah. Let's take yeah. that. When you trust because, it. And here's the other thing. Um, like if we're talking like everybody knows that anxious feeling, like the butterflies in your stomach, and the feeling of of nervousness. Well, the fact that I said butterflies in your stomach or feeling of nervousness, th- that is a very same place. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same thing. One can be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. One is, oh my gosh, I'm dreading this so much, right? Right. But they're the same place. And just like pain, (laughs) like we talk about sex even, like the cervix. So the cervix, if you hit the cervix, it can be very, very painful. But if you hit that cervix in a way that's kind of bump and keep going gently, 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 all of a sudden that pain, same receptors, will all of a sudden feel like pleasure. And it's like a flip of a switch. It turns to pleasure. And Mm. all of a sudden, it's the most exciting, wonderful feeling in the world when that hurt so bad before. Before it was like, oh, that's too deep. That's too deep. Oh, 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 oh. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's not deep enough. Go, 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 you know? And that's because that pain turns to pleasure. And that's how our emotions can be too. So, so, you know, this anger, whatever, you can turn that right around to passion. But if you let that flow through you, you can... 
you can see the other side. You know, it's like last mm-hmm. week's episode, I talked about pain. You know, like we talked about embracing pain. And on the other side, you birth joy or like embracing mm-hmm. pain in childbirth and you birth mm-hmm. a baby and then you have this baby. You don't remember the pain of the childbirth. You remember this exquisite joy at the end. So that's how our emotions can be. The, the negative ones come from the same sort of place mm-hmm. energetically in our bodies as as the, you know, the quote unquote good ones. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of channeling what that is and where it comes from and why. And that can make a big difference. So, yeah, the difference between it running me and me being in communication with it changed everything. Me being the one who is directing that energy to something that is of my desire and hers as well changed everything. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. I I've loved this conversation. I think we're we're out of time here, <laughs> but uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having this conversation. And we'll definitely have to do it again because we have to talk about the potluck. <laughs> do you remember that conversation? I don't. We'll, we'll leave them in suspense. Remember, you're oh. like, I went to this party and everybody brought these like really foodie things and I brought this oh, yeah. crab dip or whatever. And I was okay. like, own it, man. You brought that and everybody liked it, right? And but you could did. have been and embarrassed about it. Anyways, we'll talk about that another <laughs> time. All right. Sounds good. We'll Sounds talk good. about the potluck. Thank you so much uh, for having me. And uh, this conversation, my my desire is that people have really beautiful relationships with the people that they love and that they're mm-hmm. deep and they're authentic. Mm-hmm. People are having amazing sexual experiences because of that connection. Really, at the end of the day, letting them letting people be exactly who they are and and bringing our whole selves to every relationship, every conversation. It's what for me is breaking free to live authentically. And for me, it's all from my language. It's that's how we become exponential. And Mm. I invite your listeners to really continue to lean into that authenticity because that's where your magic comes from. And that's where Mm. thriving comes from. So true. Well, Joshua, if anybody wants to get a hold of you or get in contact with you, how do they find you? I, I I will include the social my social links to, with you for the show notes. Okay. Um, if they want to reach out to me, they can also get to, to my website, which is just joshualudlam.com. That's L-U-D-L-A-M. So joshualudlam.com. People can reach out to me there to connect for for coaching. For uh, my TED talk is on that website, and it, or just to stay in contact in in any other way as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate the time you've taken. Um, Thank you. And it's been great to get to know you. Is there any final words that you want to leave with anybody? That that feels like a lot of pressure. No. (laughs) One second. You're free of the responsibility. You don't have to think of something. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Final thoughts. I would like to leave. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your, your belonging your your freedom to be exactly who you are not only is it is it a birthright mm. it is fully within your capacity to 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 have it's not dependent upon the requirement of someone else to approve you to put mm. a rubber stamp of approval in any way you i i have felt what i feel safe when i feel safe mm. to just be me regardless of what's going on around me i no longer wonder do i belong yeah i'm sure of it because ultimately, 
if we belong to ourselves, it's, it's a beautiful feeling, right? Like I can walk around and just, I always wondered how could people go out to eat by themselves? And now I'm like, actually, it sounds really fun just Mm -hmm. to be there and enjoy looking around and just being with myself. But I think I didn't know how to be with myself because Mm -hmm. I actually wasn't a very good friend of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I judged myself more than I ever realized. And when I started coaching and and my coaching training, this is what kept coming up is that green, you're so not nice to yourself. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. I'm so nice to myself. Mm No, truly in a vulnerable moment, I would just sabotage myself. And Mm -hmm. it was all just a justification because I was so afraid I wouldn't fit in or be accepted. And what a beautiful burden to have let go of and to be my own primary loving partner in life Mm -hmm. is just, I always have me and, and I'll be there for me at every turn. And that's such a gift to myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give it to myself for so long. I expected other people to give it to me. And I think deep down, I resented myself more than them because I couldn't trust myself to be there for myself. So anyways, very, very powerful parting words. So I always say, remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week, my lovely listeners, and we will see you next week. Bye, Josh. Bye. Wow. I loved that interview so much. I don't know. It was an interview. It was a conversation. It was everything. I am so excited to get this podcast out. I've been sitting on it for a few days, and I just so excited I keep talking about it Um, so thank you again Josh for your time and your wisdom and just such an important topic so so glad that we got this topic done and you guys how vulnerability is a superpower just keep that in mind and work on that on really becoming truly vulnerable with yourself first so that you can be vulnerable with others in a healthy way and just create the most amazing connections with your amazing tribe of people that you will discover along the way through your vulnerability. So thank you for listening. Thanks for being with us. So glad you're here. I love you all. I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? 
join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.